Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello, six-packers. In this episode, we're going to talk about how Catholics should respond to the idea of having a border wall at the southern border. As I'm recording this, a battle is raging in America. Trump and most of the right want to build a wall at our southern border. The left doesn't want the wall, and they claim any such wall would be immoral. But who's right from a Catholic perspective? As a body, the USCCB, or United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, agree with the left. They think a wall would be immoral too, and they're urging Catholics to fight its funding. Here are a few facts. An estimated 20 million illegal aliens are in America. President Trump asked Congress for funding to secure the border, but Congress has refused. President Trump says this is unacceptable. So he has declared a national emergency so he can fund the wall through other means. The basis for the declared emergency is his claim that illegal drugs pour through the border, sex trafficking pours through the border, and illegal immigration costs the country billions of dollars annually. Opponents to the wall construction say that President Trump and supporters of the wall are racist because illegal immigrants are just seeking a better life. Where do you stand on this issue? Should we build the wall or shouldn't we? We'll discuss that when we come back. Can you see yourself making converts? Very few books have ever been written to teach the mechanics of practical Catholic evangelization, something all Catholics are obliged to do. Of the books available, none teach you a step-by-step method for actually cultivating an inquirer, then taking that inquirer all the way to the baptismal font. Until now, nobody is more qualified to teach Catholic evangelization than Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Joe Sixpack has made hundreds of converts since 1988 in small group and one-on-one venues, and 84 of them are his adult godchildren. Consequently, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is a virtual treasure trove of how-to resources for evangelization. In the Lay Evangelist's Handbook, Joe Sixpack will show you how to become one of God's rock stars of evangelization, what the two primary obligations are for all Catholics that most people don't know, how to begin the journey to becoming a saint, the actual mechanics of productive evangelization, the dangers of nice Catholicism, how to hear God laugh, what to do step-by-step to win over a convert, and much, much more. Get your copy of the Lay Evangelist's Handbook by Joe Sixpack, The Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. So where do you stand on America having a wall at the southern border? As committed like Catholics, any issue we view, any issue we're involved with, we have to view it through the eyes of faith. A Catholic who knows and understands the faith realizes that we're going to be judged by God on the basis of what we do or fail to do. Our understanding of faith also informs our conscience, 
and that realization forbids us from standing on the sidelines of any moral issue. We have to act in a way that's consistent with Catholic teaching. So is the USCCB right about this? Many of our nation's bishops disagree with the USCCB's official stand, but many other bishops agree fully. So they are clearly conflicted here. An old adage of theology is, when the doctors disagree, the patient is free. In other words, the consciences of American Catholics are free from obedience to the bishops on this issue. Frankly, even if all the bishops agreed with one another on this issue, you know, build the wall, don't build the wall, they've become such political animals over the last 50 years that we couldn't and, in my opinion, shouldn't listen to them about anything remotely connected to politics. After all, they preach and teach against abortion and contraception, yet the USCCB funds organizations promoting those very things. The USCCB has absolutely no credibility with Catholics in America. That's something they've earned. That's on them. Possessing an informed faith means possessing a well-formed conscience. As the church has taught for 2,000 years, after diligent reflection, when we are certain something is the right thing to do, we must follow our conscience. We can never act on a doubtful conscience, which means we have to be absolutely certain of the morality of an act before we perform that act. To act when we're not certain about a thing is a sin, even if we find out later that we did make the correct choice. This means that the wall and security on the southern border can't be mere opinion for a Catholic layman. As all sides of the argument is made clear, this is a moral issue, so we as Catholic laypeople must act. We can't sit on the sidelines and not participate in the national discussion, and we have to be mindful that God will judge us for what we do. Because this is a moral issue, we have to look at the manual for morality to determine right from wrong. I'm speaking, of course, of the Ten Commandments and the Catholic Church's magisterial teaching about them. The only commandment applicable here is the Fifth Commandment, you shall not kill. To many of you, this may seem somewhat confusing. Let me see if I can clarify it for you. To clarify the Fifth Commandment, we need to take a look at a couple of things from the Fourth Commandment, to see how we're obligated under the fifth commandment on this issue. The Catechism of the Catholic Church in paragraph 2240 tells us, Submission to authority and co-responsibility for the common good make it morally obligatory to pay taxes, to exercise the right to vote, and to defend one's country. The operative words here, the words that we should focus on, are morally obligatory to defend one's country. It further states in paragraph 2241, political authorities for the sake of the common good for which they are responsible may make the exercise of the right to immigrate subject to various juridical conditions, especially with regards to the immigrants' duties toward their country of adoption. Immigrants are obliged to respect with gratitude the material and spiritual heritage of the country that receives them, to obey its laws, and to assist in carrying civic burdens. Now, again, the focus in this one should be what the Catechism says about the right to immigrate is subject to various juridical conditions, and then immigrants are obligated to obey its laws. So to begin... 
While people certainly have the right to immigrate, a nation also has the right to regulate that immigration. Whereas immigrants are obligated to obey the laws of the host nation, placing barriers along the nation's borders as a means to help enforce those laws is most certainly not immoral. Of course, it should have been a clue to us that border security isn't immoral whenever we were told it was by the very people who gave us the culture of death. They don't have a moral compass. Since it's established that a border wall isn't immoral, the next determination should be whether we need one. That's where the Fifth Commandment comes in. The Fifth Commandment covers so much more than murder. The Fifth Commandment also forbids abortion, euthanasia, child abuse, sterilization, suicide, and all that can lead to physical or spiritual harm to oneself or others, such as anger, fighting, revenge, drunkenness, drug abuse, torments inflicted on mind or body, hatred, and bad example. We're also obligated under the fifth commandment to take the ordinary means to preserve our own life and health and that of our neighbors so far as we are able. That last part is what I want to focus on. The key takeaway here is our obligation to protect the innocent human life of others. There have been over 330 Americans killed by illegal immigrants since 2015, and we have an obligation to do all we can to stop the number from escalating. The crowd that doesn't want to increase border security says the vast majority of illegal aliens just want a better life. They tell us that illegal aliens commit less crime than Americans. They tell us that illegal aliens shouldn't be considered criminals and thus not be imprisoned. They tell us that to separate children from their illegal alien parents is immoral. They tell us that illegal aliens deserve free education, free housing, free medical care, and a bevy of other benefits. Here's the thing. Everything the open borders crowd tells us is an out-and-out lie. It's not only a lie, but these lies place every single American at risk. While I agree that it's true that most illegal aliens merely want a better life, they go about it illegally. They go about it wrongly. We have a very open immigration policy in this country. It's not fair to the people who come here legally to just give a pass to the illegal aliens. If they want a better life, what's wrong with doing it legally? Furthermore, they talk about the vast majority wanting a better life. But what about the minority who want to traffic drugs, sex, violent gang members, and other assorted criminals? Don't we have a right to protect ourselves from them? The open borders crowd lies about illegal aliens committing less crime than American citizens. By the fact that we still outnumber illegal aliens, that's absolutely correct in terms of sheer numbers. However, The per capita statistics tell a far different story. During the reporting period covering 2017 to 2018, illegal aliens committed over 100,000 assaults, 30,000 sex crimes, and 4,000 murders. Last year, more than 800 brutally violent MS-13 gang members were arrested at the border, which is over a 50% increase and the open borders crowd doesn't want to call illegal aliens criminals and imprison them. By the mere fact that they are illegal aliens, emphasis on illegal, they belong in jail. 
Additionally, 90% of the heroin brought into this country comes through our southern border. On average, 300 Americans die every day from drug overdose, and just last year, 70,000 Americans died from overdoses. Last year, fentanyl smuggling saw a 122% increase, and in Arizona alone, fentanyl deaths have tripled. They tell us that to separate children from their illegal alien parents is immoral. As a practicing Catholic and father, I cringe at the thought of this myself. However, there are several very good reasons for this policy, which incidentally happened to have been curtailed by President Trump because of public pressure, but it was originally initiated by President Obama. Many of the illegal alien men attempting to cross our border bring children with them that aren't theirs in the first place, just so they can make it easier to get in. Since we don't know who these illegals are, it's actually for the child's benefit to be separated from the accompanying adult. In many cases, these children are being brought into our country to be sold into sex slavery, but the open borders crowd, they don't care about that. The open borders crowd is usually the first to say that they're good people who were morally superior to the rest of us. They say it's for the children when they're promoting most of their lame brain ideas. The truth is much different, though. The hypocrisy seems to know no bounds. They made an international issue about children being separated from the accompanying adults, but I never heard one single word from them disparaging the separation of American children from their American parents and oftentimes overreaching state departments of child services. Indeed, this past summer, a mother had her three children taken away from her by her state's Department of Child Services because she allowed her 11-year-old child to go and play in the neighborhood park across the street. Not one of these self-righteous liberals who are so morally superior to the rest of us made a peep about this parent-child separation. Wacky liberals tell us it's immoral to detain illegals and separate children from the adults who accompany them. But you never hear a word about the separation of an American parent and child when the parent is convicted of a crime and is sent to prison. That's pure hypocrisy. If justice is our goal, and keeping children with their parents is considered justice at all times, then as long as illegal immigrants get a free pass and we deem it immoral to separate illegal children from illegal parents, then we have absolutely no right to send another single parent to prison, regardless of the crime. You know, I don't think even wacky liberals go for that. We hear about people being killed by illegal aliens all the time, but those incidents are just numbers to most of us. So let's put a face with a few of these numbers, okay? Joshua Wilkerson was 18 years old. He was brutally beaten, strangled, tortured, doused with gasoline, and set on fire by a so-called dreamer. Felicia Ruiz was a 17-year-old girl who was murdered by being stabbed over 25 times by another so-called dreamer. Officer Ron L. Singh, who himself was a legal immigrant, was shot and killed by an illegal during a morning traffic stop on Christmas Day. The murderer was attempting to flee back to Mexico when arrested for the officer's murder. Sabrina Starr, she was 21, murdered. Stephen R. Marler was a 38-year-old man. 
and he was murdered by an illegal alien from Mexico in 2018. Molly Tibbetts. Most of you probably remember Molly Tibbetts. She was abducted and was missing, and they searched for her for weeks. Finally, this 20-year-old woman we found out was murdered by a Mexican native in Iowa. Grant Ronnebeck, 21. Murdered? How? Who? What? By a dreamer. Sergeant Corey Blake Ride was a 44-year-old police officer. He was shot and killed in a firefight with illegals, and another officer was seriously wounded. Jamil Shaw, 17. 17-year-old kid here. He was murdered by an illegal gangster. The fact is that Shaw was the victim, and he had no police record. And even the police say Shaw wasn't known to hang out with the local gangs. So just an innocent kid targeted by MS-13 members just because they wanted to. Jesse Benavides was shot seven times in the back after an argument at a party. This 33-year-old man was murdered, and the Benavides family found out afterward that the murderer had been previously arrested for rape, yet he continued to live in the United States. Spencer Govok, 25, an illegal alien shot and killed Spencer on January 31, 2015 in Houston, Texas. The family found out that the murder had at least two other past arrests, including a 2002 burglary and assault in 2003. Margaret Kostelnik was 60 years old when she was raped and murdered by an illegal. There is a well-known case that everybody's heard of, As a result, a law or a bill that never passed into law was named after her. We're talking about the Kate Steinle case. This 32-year-old beautiful young woman was murdered by a three-time previously deported alien from Mexico. The list could go on and on. At the end of the day, the practicing layperson has to stand by the president in fighting the open borders crowd to secure our border. It's our moral obligation to protect the lives of innocent people so far as we are able. Some may not yet be convinced of the need for advanced border security, so let me make it a little more personal for you. You will certainly agree that you have a responsibility to protect your family at home as best you can. I assume you agree with that because I would imagine it would be a safe bet to say you have locks on your doors and that you use those locks before retiring for the evening. Why do you have locks? Why do you lock them before you go to bed at night? Obviously, you have locks you use at night to protect your family from burglars and other home invaders. That's just common sense. The United States of America is every citizen's collective home. We have a lot of locks to protect us. We have laws that punish those who would harm us by doing bad things. We have the military that protects us from really big and bad home invaders. But our collective home doesn't have a front door, much less a lock. We have to protect our American family. Representative Nancy Pelosi was the first to say walls are immoral, yet she has a wall surrounding her estate. Applying her logic, that wall should be destroyed. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the woman they call AOC, calls the wall immoral as well. Yet she lives in a luxury apartment complex with very tight security, and you're not getting in there unless she says so. 
Applying her logic, the complex security guard should be fired and all security measures removed. Do you think that Pelosi and Ocasio-Cortez will apply the same logic to themselves that they expect every other average American to live by? I don't think so. This and most fights we face in America is between liberals and sane people. Liberals today would have been committed to insane asylums 50 years ago. I've always promoted the idea that liberals suffer from mental disease. The DSM-1, which was the first edition of the Diagnostic Manual of Mental Disorders, used by psychiatrists and psychologists to classify mental illness, classified practically all the liberal agenda items as mental disorders. For example, homosexuality and transgenderism were considered severe mental disorders under the DSM-1. Now the psychiatric community has the DSM-5, four editions since then, which pretty much classifies all normal people as mentally deranged. They say that being opposed to homosexual acts, for instance, is a mental problem called homophobia. That's really not surprising because members of the psychiatric profession determine what goes in the DSM. Many members of the LGBT community, before such community even existed, took up the study of psychology to see if they could cure themselves. What they ended up doing instead was to completely change the mental health standards altogether, more to suit their way of thinking. Now you know why I promote the idea that liberals suffer from mental disease. And it's these deranged people who want to promote an open borders agenda over the protection of the American people. That's sad. Learn things about the Catholic faith you never knew in Joe Sixpack's Secrets of the Catholic Faith. There are many essentials to our holy and ancient faith that few modern Catholics know. Those essentials have become, well, secrets, hence the title Secrets of the Catholic Faith. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is always exciting, never boring, and completely politically incorrect. He never shies away from the so-called untouchable moral issues. With his use of humor and directness, readers and students can never get enough of what he teaches. According to Joe, there isn't one single teaching of the Catholic Church that can't be completely demonstrated to an inquiring mind. Everything can be demonstrated. But the Catholic laity aren't being taught these things. They're being fed pablum when they need and want meat. Secrets of the Catholic Faith is actually exciting, and it will make any Catholic's chest swell with pride. So get your copy of Secrets of the Catholic Faith by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. Only a fool believes the Catholic Church isn't in shambles. Christ's church is full of scandal. Our current pontiff is in blatant heresy, and the laity live in a perpetual state of confusion. But there's hope. There are still a handful of bishops we can count on for orthodox leadership, priests who love and work for souls, and laity-led apostolates that serve divinely revealed truth in every way imaginable. We want to do a great service for you by telling you about them in every episode. So here's today's Catholic Contribution. Terry Barber is an international speaker, and he's been instrumental in founding three Catholic organizations, 
St. Joseph Communications, Catholic Resource Center, and Lighthouse Catholic Media. He's also a co-host of the Terry and Jesse Radio Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, as well as Reasons for Faith Live with Jesse Romero on EWTN Radio. St. Joseph Communications is the largest international audio and video production and distribution company in the United States with distributors in Canada, England, Australia, and the Philippines. Terry has over 30 years' experience in evangelization in the Catholic Church. His two most influential talks today are the Ten Commandments of Evangelization and the Five Reasons to be Catholic. His most recent book, which I've read and think it's most excellent, is How to Share Your Faith with Anyone, published by Ignatius Press. It has endorsements from Catholic Answers former President Carl Keating and author and speaker Stephen Ray. Terry is a true pioneer of Catholic evangelization and currently lives in Southern California with his wife and four children. Terry has recorded numerous podcasts on St. Joseph Podcast called Culture Warriors for Christ and God Love You, addressing all the social issues affecting our culture today very much like the cantankerous Catholic. Terry's been instrumental in helping promote Catholic radio since the 1980s, which at the time there were only five Catholic stations across the country. Terry has touched millions of lives through CD evangelization, and in the last 31 years he has distributed over 25 million inspirational Catholic CDs and DVDs. If you have ever listened to Dr. Scott Hahn, Steve Wood, Stephen Ray, or Tim Staples, you have been directly influenced by this man through his ministry. Most importantly, Terry has attended daily Mass since he was 14 years old, and he's so excited about the Catholic faith that he and his wife actually honeymooned in Lourdes, where Our Lady of Lourdes appeared to St. Bernadette Subiru. You would do well to follow Terry and learn from him. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. This is a true story. Leonardo da Vinci, as we all know, painted the famous painting, The Last Supper. The man he used as a model for Jesus was a young man who sang in the choir of the cathedral. His name was Pietro Bandolini. Da Vinci admired the young man's beauty, innocence, and kindness in his face, all of which came from his deeply religious and noble character. Of course, we all recognize that image representing Jesus as a masterpiece. Still working on the painting years later, Da Vinci began searching for a model for Judas. One day on the streets, he met the perfect model. The man was incredibly ugly, and evil and greed were written all over his face. After da Vinci hired the man and returned to the studio, he began immediately to paint Judas from the horrible face of the model when he suddenly stepped back in surprise. Da Vinci's brush dropped from his hand because he recognized the lines in the model's face. He asked, "'Haven't I seen you somewhere before?' "'Yes,' replied the very ugly man. "'You painted me before.' I'm Pietro Bandolini. 
A life of sin had changed Pietro from someone who was like Jesus into someone who was like Judas. Since mortal sin is a grievous sin against God, it must be punished. Mortal sin is actually its own punishment, though, because it brings sadness, sorrow, and misery into your life. It makes sad changes in your appearance, but that's nothing compared to the horrible change it makes in your soul. You need to learn to hate mortal sin before it changes you into another Judas Iscariot. I'll see you next time, Six Packers, and remember, comfort and conviction don't live on the same block. This has been the Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.